from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour, Silver 7's happy hour is going down right now. Starts at three, goes till six, 277 on many of the drinks at two different bars. The Bud Light Lounge is where we're doing the show. Down by the William Hill Racing Sportsbook, Silver and Gold Bar. They'll hook you up. We got Fred Bolitnikoff coming up. We'll get his reaction to some of the schedule notes that we're going to find out here in a matter of seconds. Of course, Fred, one of the all-time great Raiders wide receivers and has uh, his charity golf tournament coming up involving the uh, Bolitnikoff Foundation. So that's in the middle of the hour. Willie Ramirez is the company. Jed is hanging out down here at Silver 7s, controlling things. We got some Raiders news in terms of transactions. Four of the draft picks have signed. I'm sure everything will be in the fold here in the next couple of days. We got rookie minicamp coming up this weekend. But, yeah, signing the dotted line, the third rounder, Dylan Parham, Matthew Butler, Thayer Munford, Britton Brown, all signed. By the way, uh, the last three were all on Cofield and Company the last week or so. You can find the archives of those interviews up at lvsportsnetwork.com. All you know, good guys, very conversational. We had good convos with them. That's why they were conversational, right? If we had good conversations, then that means they're good, good at conversation. That's right? probably because I wasn't on with long-winded questions. You weren't on at all? No. Damn it. You saved me, for, it. You saved me for Eckler. Uh, yeah, we had Austin Eckler, if you missed that. Chargers running back was on in the last hour. You, you were on with uh, Savon Scarborough. We're going to get more of the uh, hometown heroes, yeah. whether they're with the Raiders or not. We'll get some of those guys on uh, the next month or so. So football never ends, baby. And the, the schedules are coming day. out. It is a beautiful thing. Schedules are coming out in just a couple of minutes. Big Five time. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. You know, just another reason to dislike the Broncos. Russell Wilson and his better half. They're showing off this dog they just got. Pete is pissed. And they have a right to be. They have a right. I love dogs. Everyone knows that. This ain't right. Let me ask you a question real quick because I just dawned on me. When I sent this over with the with the with the header that I put, Willie, Peter's fear, blah blah blah, and then what I wrote after in all capitals, did you think that I was writing that like, are you kidding are you effing kidding me on what they did or that PETA? What was my take? You're outraged at the outrage. I'm outraged at the outrage. You're damn right. Now I am I'm a dog lover. I'm a dog lover. Two peas in a pot. Listen, Ramirez and, and Russell Wilson with all the money. Go ahead. I, I'm a dog Some lover. Kind of puppy mill. And I'm not against rescuing dogs, but I, what I am against is you judging and going after someone because they chose to go to a breeder. Guess what? I went to a breeder. I got Kahlua from a dachshund breeder. I know people that have rescue shelters, that have little animal foundations Nothing. in town. I could have went to a place, but it's... It, I don't think it's fair that you – it doesn't mean that they're against rescuing animals. That mm-hmm. was the choice that they made. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair that a foundation goes after celebrities and judges them and berates them and puts them on blast because that was the route that they – they don't owe it to anybody to go rescue a dog. They're, they're, what they're doing is they're if – you re, if you read the story, is they're, they're, they're putting it in an example of, well, it's another example of they don't understand that breeding and – and how they treat the, 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 the mother and this and that. I just don't agree with 
how this organization went after Russell Wilson Sierra, it's not fair. Well, it hits home for you. It, it, whether I went that route or not, it's home for you. The, my original dog uh, that that uh, Jordan's first puppy was an English bulldog. She was brought from. It was a purebred with papers through the AKC. She was bought through a, I believe, from a facility. So I mean, I Peter, just don't. Peter says with the breeders, quote, mother dogs are often locked inside filthy cages and bred over and over until their bodies just give out. I well, I know for a fact. I know for a fact Kalua's mother was not. So. Leave Russell Wilson alone, unless we're talking about him as a Bronco. Number four. NBA's got some new trophies. And they're not named after Kobe, LeBron, or MJ. What's the deal? The Conference Finals MVP Awards, the Western Conference Award, is named after Magic Johnson. The Eastern Conference is named after Larry Bird. And it's a... It's crediting them basically with boosting league in the early 1980s. So, so by true. the way, by the way, the, the, if that's the way they wrote it, it shouldn't be credited with boosting the league. Credited with saving the league and making it what it is yeah. now. Like I, I know Kobe and LeBron recently and MJ had a massive impact. Again, if you go back and watch Winning Time, and they didn't even really get into it, the late 70s into the early 80s, the NBA was in big friggin' trouble. Okay. Rampant drug use, lots of controversy. You could barely get on TV. These two guys took the league on their backs and and helped make it into what it is today, which essentially, it's our second most popular sport in the U.S., and it is a top three sport in the world. And I'm going to add a third name, but he wasn't as equal, but he definitely was part of a triumvirate at that time, especially, what was it, in 82, but Dr. J... You know, in terms of the slam dunk, the the slam dunk contest, the highlight reels. You know, he 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 too belonged in that conversation. But as the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics grew in the '80s, and what they did to transition the game, David Stern as the commissioner, yes. And then from there, MJ transitioned to another level. And I would argue to say, as much as I love Kobe, R.I.P. Um, him and LeBron. For this era, yes, but they are beneficiaries of what Jordan, Magic, and Larry Bird, and Dr. J did in that transitional stage to what we now know as the NBA. I don't think that there was much transitioning out of MJ. It's more so with what today's era is doing because of, you know, in terms of the the training, the offseason, you know, training that that these guys can do and, and the supporting cast and the money. And the marketing that's been infused, and and they're they're definitely this era. And I'm not taking anything away from what LeBron's brought and Kobe brought, but they're all beneficiaries from this era. And then how Michael um, Michael Jordan sort of carried that torch from the '90s and took it further. But anyway, they name so they're naming the Western and Eastern Conference Final MVP trophies after Magic and. Larry Bird. Number three. We always like to cross promote. We have a great morning show here on ESPN Las Vegas. Their question of the day today, Willie, was can Pete DeBoer and Robin Leonard coexist next season? What do you think? What's your answer? Yes. 
They're both professionals, and I'm tired of reading these uh, this stuff on Twitter. Not from not from our boys in the morning, but just in general, because of Pete DeBoer's comment. First of all, when when professional athletes and coaches are embroiled in a playoff race at the end of the year, they're going to say things. They're going to say things like, "Hey, we." Right now, I need to go with the guy who's going to give us the most, the guy who I think is this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's his job as the coach. That's what Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee should expect from Pete DeBoer. That's what Robin Leonard should expect from his coach. After all, that's what they saw in Robin Leonard when they benched Marc-Andre Fleury in the bubble and made Leonard the starter. Leonard didn't look comfortable as far as what DeBoer was concerned. I've said this. I stand by it. No matter what Peter DeBoer had said down the stretch that may have come across as if it, he was publicly shaming Robin Leonard, he is told to speak in a certain manner. Across the NHL, we see this when they discuss injuries. He was not shaming, disgracing, or dogging Robin Leonard personally. It's not a personal attack. He is told to announce certain things a certain way, address injuries a certain way, and when it all came out in the end, the one thing Peter DeBoer apologized for was saying the word healthy after that Capitals game when he was pulled after the first period. They are professionals. If Robin Leonard is a $5 million a year, $5 million a year goalie and Peter DeBoer is coming back for the final leg of his contract, then they have no choice. They are professionals to get over it and get through it, which I don't think there's anything to get over because I think it starts at the top. So I don't think that there's a problem here. Leonard saw it firsthand when Marc-Andre Fleury was ushered to Chicago, and now he's in the playoffs. Of course, they could get eliminated tonight. I was going to say, for now. <laughs> but bottom line is, they, they can exist because I, don't think that, I honestly don't think there's a problem. I don't think that the, stuff, the messages we got, I don't think the whole surgery, no, we need you to play. De, Peter DeBoer doesn't have, you think when they're on the brink of being eliminated, Peter DeBoer's, Put, sitting there figuring out the salary cap on a week. No, we need you to stay in so we can bring William Carey. That's McCrimmon's job. He's not making those. He's making decisions who's going to start and who's not. But as far as the surgery and no, you can't have surgery. No, we need you on the bench. That's McCrimmon's job. The board is not making those decisions. He's worried about lineups and who to deal with and how to get this team into the playoffs. So they can don't, exist. Don't beat around the bush. What do you think of the question? Can Pete DeBoer and Robin Leonard coexist? Yes. So they can exist. All right. Absolutely. He was DeBoer's guy three years ago. Damn. Who are you more angry at? PETA for the dog thing with Russell Wilson or the morning guys? I'm I'm guessing Adam I'm Candy not, filling in came up with the question. I'm not mad at them Smart. posing the question. They're posing the question because that's the theme that everyone else is putting out there. This There's is, an answer This is Willie. not from them. This has nothing to do with Ed, Adam, or Tyler. This has to do with the theme that everyone else is putting out there. Number two. Coming up, we'll get to number two and one and all of it. The schedule is out for the Raiders. We'll uh, digest it during the break, and then we'll go through the entire schedule. Raiders with some very interesting spots, some good road trips, and we already told you about the first two games of the year at Chargers, home Cardinals. We unveil the rest of the schedule in a matter of seconds, minutes. It's coming up. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Since it's Mustache May, if you have a full beard, do you also have a mustache? No. Okay, so here's my counter to that. If you go to the barber shop and you have a full beard, the barber may say, 
would you like me to leave your mustache a little bit longer? Doesn't that mean that you have a mustache? We have a lot of players who, who wear full beards. In my opinion, they are participating in mustache men. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Very cerebral, very cerebral. Gabe Kapler, manager of the Giants. So everyone involved in the show today has a mustache, according to Gabe Kapler. Even though it's not a standalone mustache, does a mustache have to be standing alone? No beard, no Fu Manchu, no goatee. Is he right? Not to be confused with Gabe Kaplan, who had a fantastic mustache. He had a real mustache. Yeah, welcome back, Carter. Yes. All right, do you have a mustache? Yes. I don't feel like I do. But, but... No, I think you're right. I think I, do, I don't have a mustache. Me, if, I have if a goatee. I was, if I was wearing a mustache right now, you would know because you'd be like, you look like a horse's ass. I have a goatee. Not that the beard doesn't make me look like a horse's ass, but. I have a goatee. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question about your beard. Mm-hmm. Serious. Serious. I'm not being snarky either. Yeah. So there's a little bit of part of it on the chin and, and down the side of the jawbone. That's a nightmare. That Okay. I personally... Can okay now look at Jed. It's all one color. Right. I don't mind if it's going to go gray. If my if down here is going to go gray, but up here it doesn't. I can't stand that. I need it to be one or the other. If it's so, I personally like if I'm getting ready. If I have some events, right? Last week I had a couple of events back to back nights. I'm coloring it because. I don't think it looks good when it's different shades. I I think it has yeah. to be all one shade. All out on the table here. Okay. I like it to be we're all talk- one color. We were, now, if we were I talking can- mustaches, and now my uh, whatever this thing out of my face is is uh, <laughs> is getting shredded. No, I'm not shredded. I just said I'm not being snarky, Stephen. It's not. It's not snarky. That was just downright mean. <laughs> I've I've thought about coloring it because first of all, it's way too light. Am I gonna have to take harassment to sensitivity know, training? Yeah, HR. HR. <laughs> um, I've thought about coloring it, but I don't want to. I don't want to color it and botch it. Because then you I have to shave it, it off, and then my fat face will have to be exposed for a couple of weeks before I can grow it back. Do you have a nice round pie face? I uh, I have such a double chin now. Um, I have often thought, like, you remember when um, remember when Hulk Hogan went Hollywood Hogan? Yeah. When he was part of the NWO, and sure. he just went, like, Blackbeard. Like, I would just go Blackbeard. Yeah. And, but then it would be different. The problem is everything in my whole look are different colors. Yeah. I have, see? I have like, I have red. Yeah. I've got some brown. I've got balding. I've got gray here and there. So one of my favorite topics is one of my favorite topics is when you give Adam crap about the thinning and he says, it's spiky. It's not thinning. He's, he's an idiot. He's it's thinning. Yeah. I can see the difference. He got his, his scalp burnt, scalded at yes. the draft. And he's like, Oh, it's bad hairstyle. Yeah. All right, Raiders schedule. More important than we we built up this whole I've thing to talk already about. Already got wins and losses. Talk about I'm my ready beard. to go. Um, I've I've already got. I think the beginning of the season is is cake. I I've, I could see him coming out of the gates. One, two, three, four, five. At, at yep. worst, five and three. If not, six and two. Let's break it down with first five before the bye week. Okay, so week one is at L. A. Taking on the Chargers. Okay. Week two, home Cardinals. Don't no DeAndre Hopkins. Week three, I think is a winnable game. Yep. At Tennessee. Yep. Week four, October 2nd, Broncos at home. Week five, at KC on Monday Night Football. Then they get a bye. Then they're home against the Texans at the Saints, at the Jaguars. And then home against the Colts. So you want to start with those nine? 
I, I personally, I think that they they better not go any worse than three and two, if not four and one, in, before the bye week. Period. End of story. Done. Yeah, I think first nine they have a good chance. Okay, I'm about a good chance, but they worst they should go is five and four. I would hope they go six and three, and I think they can win the game at the Saints. They have to win the game at the Jaguars. You got to beat the Cardinals at home, and you got to beat the Broncos at home. Okay, let's start with the first five. If they go three and two, they win the Texans is four and two. They Let's throw the Saints out for a second. Four and two. They beat the Jaguars is five and two. They win at home versus the Colts is six and two. Worst case, six and three or seven and two after nine games. Seven and two. Well, if if they win at New Orleans based off what I just said. And usually what I say is right. Just saying. Now they have to go to the second half of the season. They got back to back road games. They're going to the Mile High City. And then they're going to a weak Seattle team. Got to win that game. I mean, there's, there's three road games. Got to go three of the road games, uh, two and one or three and oh. That's at Saints, at Jaguars, at Seahawks. The the critical, that's a critical, those six games are, I think, is the most critical stretch because it's out of the bye week and four of the six are on the road, and you need to win probably four of those six minimum before you close the season with Chargers at home, at the Super Bowl Rams, home against the Patriots, at Pittsburgh in the winter, and then back-to-back home games to close it out. Close it out, San Fran and the Chiefs. I, I, I think which, which sets up a great scenario. If the Chiefs are really good and they don't really need the game, what happens in a rivalry spot You know, if the Raiders need the game? Although a lot of that's been reduced because there's only one team that gets the bye. So there's a good chance that the Chiefs need the final game of the season. Hell, there's a chance the Chiefs could be, a, you know, this wide receiver core could be a disaster. Their defense, you know, rebuilding it doesn't work. Who knows? Chiefs could be a freaking, you know, 10-7, and 11-6 team. I'm not betting that, but, and especially in the division, because there is no automatic sweep of, you know, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos anymore. Now with the quarterback play and the way the Raiders have loaded up and the way the Chargers have loaded up and Russell Wilson changed – Changes the fortunes of the the Broncos, and so does the head coach. I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is going to be a good coach. I don't think he can be much worse. If he's not good, he can't be worse than what they just had. Wasn't because Vic Fangio was not was not a good game day coach. Wasn't yesterday? Was it yesterday with Adam Hill? You you two were discussing over under primetime games because they have four. Yeah, I said it at three and a half. The over came in. Okay, is it is it four? Yeah, they got the Chiefs right. on Monday night, October tenth. Right. They have. Uh, Thursday night, prime video versus the Rams. Right. They're the Sunday night game against the Patriots, okay. and then they're the Saturday Christmas Eve NFL ah, Network we, game. We, we didn't include. Oh, that's right. You did. I didn't we did it. not we put we, a disclaimer we, out there. We, no, we said primetime is Monday. Sunday, Thursday. Sun, snuff and, and, uh, and Monday, Sunday, and Thursday. Okay. And we also said Thanksgiving and Christmas are primetime games. We consider those primetime games. Wait a minute. They're, so, spots, they're ISO spots. So Christmas Eve is different than Christmas Day? Isn't there a full slate on what day is Christmas Eve? Saturday, December 24th. Uh, Saturday, okay. They're playing that, a, a that, Saturday night game prime I would, time? I, I don't think anyone would call that prime time. But you're right, it is actually 8.15 Eastern. It's not, well, like we're, not, like we, not like we set a line at a book and now we got to dispute. Well, there are people that, there are, well, you'd have to, well, you know what? Once again, once again, 
You set up a wagerable pistol. We didn't. We, there was no you, wager. You, but but you said. But, but it's like when you set up these wagers, we, we and then after tools. the fact that we said you set a line at okay, three and a half, and you didn't put a disclaimer like like the way we said it did not include Christmas Eve. But I will oh, okay. I will the, relent, and, and you're right. It is a sort of primetime spot. They put some disclaimers at the bottom of this Raiders press release in terms of this season's flexible scheduling, but it's way too long to read, so I'm not going to read it. Okay. So we won't set our official predictions maybe until tomorrow because I like to sleep on it, but uh, last year I did say they would go 10-7 and 7 on this day or maybe the day after, Okay. and they went 10-7. and 7, So I don't think I can do that again. I don't think I can replicate it. It's pretty I, impressive. Um, here's a, here is one thing where your bet is not done, though. The – the Kansas City Chiefs season finale, it is Saturday or Sunday, January 7th or 8th, Ooh. with a TBD. Yeah, of course. So they must have heard you yesterday. They were. So it could what does be. that mean? Or are they just being clear that they are could they are going to put the games when they want based on playoff contention? Playoff contention. I like that. Sure. Yep. I like that. I like it. Right, I so mean, last year the Raiders and Chargers had probably arguably the best game of the entire season, and it ended the entire season. It was a very last game, the Sunday night game. So we could have another Raiders game at the Al that decides it all. Sign up for an A-Play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. It really is so crazy what the NFL has become, you know, year-round news cycle. I mean, I guess we get a little slowdown in, in June and the beginning of July, getting back to Hall of Fame weekend, which, by the way, the Raiders are involved in that game. It'll be big for the Raiders, but we just had the schedules released officially. What do you got, Willie? No, I was just going to it is really wild because as a freelancer, right, and, and since you returned to Vegas, right, you've seen me sort of just trickle back into the media since 2012 with the AP, but it used to be like, okay, well, gosh, what am I going to do now? Right. And there was no pro sports back then, so it was the Summer League and hope that UNLV played top 25 teams. Right. Now, now, now you got a freaking full schedule, brother. Yeah, it's full. Oh, it's full. NFL draft. Yep. Boxing. It never ends. The Aces. Vegas has totally changed. Now we've got OTAs coming up th- this month in less than two weeks. You know, I mean, so it's just boom, 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 and it's nonstop. And I love it, and it's great because I think it's fantastic for this town let's, all around. Let's talk more Raiders. Fred Bolitnikoff, uh, all-time great wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders, is up with us. He's got a golf tournament coming up this weekend. Fred, how are you? It's Willie and Steve. That on a gray horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I know, I know you've, you're busy today, and we'll, we'll mention a couple of the games on the schedule in a few minutes. When you when you yeah. see the media and the fans react to the schedule being released, <laughs> like think back to your days playing, like there, it just you oh know, it just God. wasn't released I'll like you, it. this is crazy. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. You know we were we were right in in the beginning of Monday Night Football yeah. with Cosell and that whole group, okay? And we played a lot of Monday Night Football games, okay? We played a few in Oakland. Uh, I think we played in Cleveland. We played a bunch of places, you know. So. You know, the, when the schedule comes out, when you're a player, the first thing you do is look at the away game, okay? And you look at where you're playing just on a normal Sunday game, all right? What the schedule is that week, if you're playing, say, back in New York, so the Jets, the Giants, whoever it may be, all right? And then you see the game after that. And if you're home or away, and you figure out the travel deal, okay? Like years ago, we used to go, you know, Monday night game, 
oh, we come back home, we got to get back on the road again. So it kind of ruined the Monday night game for us, all right? Because we, you know what, as much as people love Monday night football, you know, for, for coaches and players, I'll tell you what, if you're at home, it's terrific. If you have to travel, it's horrible. And that's, and that's the truth, okay? You guys know that, okay? But you know what, now, now going to the schedule, you know, you have, Jesus, I'll tell you what, I was looking at both schedules going back and forth today, and you got to be a speed reader. If you haven't gone to some class and be speed reading, you can't even get to the, uh, who's up, who's whatever doing. You see the Raiders, and the Raiders are here, there, and boom, it's gone. You don't even get a chance to write it down. But I know we opened up with San Diego, all right, which from last year, you look at what happened at the game, how yeah. exciting it was. It was unbelievable. All right. And if the Raiders can stop that quarterback from completing all those fourth down passes, we'll be in great shape and win easily. But, you know, going down and playing San Diego away from home is going to be right out of the chute. Hey, you're right in the mix right now. Fred, I have to ask you, I mean, you were, you were with this team, you know, for, from 1965, 1978, it's such a historic franchise and, and a time when this franchise was historic. It goes to L.A. And it, and it sort of etched its mark in its time there and then returned to Oakland. The history and, and the, the memories and, and the, the sort of the landmarks with what this team has done. Over the first couple of years this team's been in Las Vegas, can it sort of etch itself in, can Las Vegas etch its own history into this franchise with what you've seen in the first couple of years here? Well, you know what? I, I really, truly believe this, okay? Yeah, you know, for a number, well, all, all the years, okay? When we first started in Oakland and uh, basically moving to the Coliseum in 1966, uh, you know, a ton of years ago now, and we made a big mark, Okay. And it's like I always said when I had a chance to, to, uh, to talk in front of the team and a few years back when, uh, after I got out of coaching. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys don't want to hear and be uh, uh, associated with the team from the past. They want to hear about the history. And I said this, you know what? We already put the lines on a highway. You know, take your own lines on a highway. Get off my highway. All right? We made our own highway. Make your own highway. And that's what this team has to do right now. They have to make their own highway. You know, you can't live back in the Oakland era at that point in everybody's career and the history of the Raiders, which was outstanding. All right? You want to make a mark, you make your own mark. This is your opportunity to make your own mark. They came close. They got in one one game, which... uh, yeah, it's good. You made a, you made a step, you know, but that step isn't good enough. You got to make multiple steps to be great. All right, so they're on the edge, and now there's a big change with the team, with the coaches, everything with the Raiders right now. And so you want to make a mark. You make the mark. You have the opportunity to make the mark. See how great you can be. And you know what? We have a lot of great players on a team. It's getting better. And the team's improving, and uh, the coaching staff uh, is a great coaching staff, the new staff coming in, and let's see where it goes. Fred, you talk about making your own mark, making your own lanes. The You know, these first few years here, 
Um, it's it's certainly been a, a rough lane. The asphalt's been tore up a little bit off the field with so many things, and now these these new quote unquote allegations. You know, I had a chance to see Mark the other day at the Aces home opener. The WNBA went over kibitzed with him Absolutely. a little bit. And we laughed and you know a little bit and and talked to him. And, and I was just like, man, you got to be glad the WNBA's getting underway. It's a nice distraction from all this other stuff. Sidetrack. He said he looked. He laughed. He said, Willie, <laughs> it's I'm a Raider. I'm used to this. This isn't, you know, this is nothing. I, I, I've been down this road. Uh, is this just another hitch in your good friend Mark Davis, uh, is, you know, in, in what he's dealing with, and, and they'll get past this? No, to be very honest with you, I've, you know, listen, I, I, mean, I will, uh, whatever allegations, I will defend Mark to the hill. Okay? He has been, uh, listen, I've known Mark since he was a little kid running around the, 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 the practice field up in training camp. All right, I've known him all my life, okay? And uh, Mark Davis, to me, means the world, okay? And my, my, my thoughts about Mark will never, ever change, all right? Allegations are allegations, okay? And the problem with life at this point in everybody's lifetime is it's easy to make allegations, and people have to defend themselves. All right. Then the public goes, and as soon as you make allegations, the public gets a negative attitude towards people, which is ridiculous. All right. And at this point right now, um, I stand behind Mark Davis. I don't care what anybody said, what anybody's done. I stand behind Mark Davis, and I always will. And uh, my family always will. Talking to Fred Bolitnikoff, all-time great Raiders wide receiver. Fred, let's talk about uh, what's at hand. This weekend, you got a uh, another golf tournament coming up. the uh, The whole shindig and the events around it, fifteenth uh, and sixteenth. So, explain to the audience uh, what you guys are doing and what the Bolitnikov Foundation is all about. Well, our foundation is basically around about this: we we uh, help and we stand behind adolescent girls for drug abuse, domestic violence, alcoholism, and. Uh, we provide a service to them through, like, uh, right now it's Konania program that brings the girls in, uh, to help them get part of their life back from what has been a total disaster for them at a young age, growing up, and a lot of them don't think they have an opportunity or a shot in life to go ahead. And Konania provides a program. We're the ones backing Konania that we can provide. Uh, like we have uh, built a brand new home for the girls, a recreation center for the girls. And then with our foundation coming to Las Vegas, we're going to do the same thing down in Las Vegas, uh, looking at programs, uh, funding programs, helping and adolescents get their life back again from what they've done, what they've been through is, is, is such a tragedy. It's unbelievable from the fact that people don't understand that these kids are going something through their life that they will never, ever recapture that part of their life again. All we can do is provide and back them up, going into a program and being there for them to develop something that will make them feel comfortable, make them feel home, give them something they never had in life before, and let them go forward. And with the understanding that, and all of them get the understanding after a while, there are people that love them and people that care for them and people want to do everything in the world for them. All right, and 
it's amazing what you see after a couple months when these girls come into the program and uh, they're living in some place that they have never, ever had an opportunity to live in before and understand to them and be part of their life and what their, their lives were before. And it, it, they lived in disaster. That's the easiest way you can explain it. They lived in a disaster. Now, let's make it easy for them and provide something for them that's going to get them through uh, a period of time where they really want to believe in life, that there's something ahead for them, that there's something, that there's light at the end of the tunnel for them. That's simple. And we're able to provide that and with our golf tournament and our craft feed down in Las Vegas. We've been able to start something that we've always been uh, for 18, 19 years up in California, and we're moving everything and transitioning down to Las Vegas to really provide something for the community to recognize us as a foundation that really wants to help kids and donate our money from our foundation to programs that are really going to help kids to give them a chance in life. That's all. Everybody wants another chance. And that's what we are as a foundation. We're giving them the opportunity and we're giving them our love, our support, and our commitment to them to really try to make them and give pave a way for them to have a good life. Fred Bolitnikoff is with us. Fred, how do people contribute to the uh, Bolitnikoff Foundation? Well, all you got to do right now, to make it simple, believe me, all you got to do is go on Bolitnikoff.org and pull it up there on the website. And you'll see all about our foundation, all about the events we have, and what you could do with the golf tournament, what we got to do, what you what you can do, and be participating in our craft feed. And we still got spots open for the golf tournament on the 16th at Canyon Gate. So all you got to do is pull it up on that website, letnikoff.org. Fred Blitnikoff is with us. Um, who do you look forward to the most seeing at the golf tournament? Because, you know, this is an opportunity for you guys to together who are some of the people who show up and you know you just you're fired up to see them oh my god i'll tell you what we got so many people i mean you know we got like rod woodson dennis haysbert rich cannon willie Galt, timmy brown james lofton kenny shamrock carlos palomino uh phil villapiano um i mean we we got what 40 celebrities coming into our tournament that have been sporting us for years and it's just been amazing, you know. It's, it's been uh, terrific, you know. Grant Fuhr, you know, uh, Greg Vaughn, uh, Raleigh Fingers, uh, Napoleon McCallum. Uh, we we got we have a terrific group of guys. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. We have Steve Largen coming in, Mike Ains coming in. Uh, it's, it's terrific. It's a great group. Well, a terrific group. I, I want to ask you the. Uh, I noticed the list here with the National Hockey League Grant Fewer, and I'm wondering because it was so early in May, and the Golden Knights are always a competitive team. You know, you'd assume that would have been in the playoffs, but I know that there are guys that golf, and I know that they've done some charitable stuff. Have you had any commitments now that they're out of the playoffs, and the guys that like to golf? Any anyone from the Golden Knights going to be involved? You know, no, no, we don't. You know, something because you know. The, the thing about us right now, this is our first year down there after being 18 years uh, up here in Northern California, you know? So we we were able to transition down with the people that have been supporting us for years, and we really haven't had the opportunity to really get out. I know the group from the Aces is coming, and they bought a foursome, 
to play, you know. And so I don't know about the hockey team, you know, because we really haven't had a chance to reach out to everybody in the community because we've, um, my God, I'll tell you, in a short period of time, uh, we've been able to transition down and put the golf tournament together. And right now we're really happy, but we know that there's a lot of work that we have in the community to do. There's a lot of people that we have to touch. Like you said, the hockey team, get them involved. We're happy the people from the Aces are coming. The Raiders are in practice. So so those guys are kind of locked in, so we miss out on those guys. But, uh, you know, we, we just haven't had that opportunity to really reach down and pull out everybody. But, you know, we're, we're looking at it from our, our standpoint from his first year, and then next year it will be a whole different story, believe me. Voice of Fred Blitnikoff, Blitnikoff Foundation, got the golf tournament coming up on the 15th and 16th. We've got to close on this. I know you haven't a chance, uh, had a chance to look through the whole schedule, but the Raiders are but playing. Give it to me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a, a game I think that is worth talking about. For uh, It's an obvious reason once I tell you. Um, on Christmas Eve, they're playing at Pittsburgh. That will be 50 years and oh. one day since the Immaculate Reception. Um <laughs> What do you? What do thank you? Rem- God not, thank God it's not the artificial turf when they wet it down and let it freeze. Right. Okay. The freaking the, yeah, the, 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 the slate. They got to go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. They got to go to Pittsburgh on Christmas Day. Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve. What What do you remember about that, that? What do you remember about that day and that that game that that still kind of stings about the immaculate reception? They cheated. They're still <laughs> lying about it. All right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's like you know, you're a few years back. I get the Hall of Fame. We have the Ray Nischke luncheon, and uh, Bobby Dow got up there. And you know, every year guys are passing away and passing away. And Bobby got up there talking and said, "You know, every year we're missing guys. We're missing guys." So uh, he said, "Anybody have anything to say?" And I got, "Yeah." I said, "Just in case I'm not here next year." I said, "I said, Franco, please tell me it wasn't right, okay? <laughs> that we did win the game, okay?" <laughs> But, but that that's it. You know, that game was uh, unbelievable. It turned around. Listen, it turned around a, a number of years for Pittsburgh. Yep. Okay, it made us go back home all the way from Pittsburgh to Oakland. And, uh, you know, so maybe maybe this year we go, you go back there and turn it around. And, you know, uh, you know, you know, listen, when, when you're a player and you're away from your family, you already have hatred for to the town you're going to, especially when you're away like this case is. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But going back to Pittsburgh at that time of the year, uh, I don't know. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, not too far away. So I know what the weather can be like. There you go. Hey, uh, congrats on uh, going for an 18th year here with the uh, the golf tournament. This foundation helps so many yep. people. We're glad to have you on, and thanks for the time. Well, thank you guys. Okay, you guys take care. All right, go Raiders. There you go. Fred Blitnikoff, all-time great. Raiders wide receiver will come back, go into the grab bag as we're live here from Silver 7. Still got happy hour going with 277 on lots of the drinks at two different bars. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So Raiders schedule, and I'm sure everyone will have a chance to look at this when they get home if they're driving. 
Again, the whole deal, week one, the season opens in L.A. against the Chargers. Week two, home against the Cardinals. Week three at Tennessee. That's a good trip, huh, Nashville? Broncos at home week four at Kansas City. Monday night football, that'll be the first primetime game. Week five at Kansas City. By week, week six. Then they've got the Texans at home at the Saints. At the Jaguars, those are all winnable games. Home against the Colts, who have given them trouble. At the Broncos, which got to win the game at home against the Broncos. be great to take the whole series. At the Seahawks, that's a pivotal game. We'll see what who the hell knows what Seattle's going to have a quarterback by week 12. Geno Smith or Drew Locke, my guess is probably someone else. We don't even know the name right now. It's a pivotal game also because wherever the state of mind that Seattle's in, it could be where they're trying to, like, finish with pride, knock teams off, and Vegas at that point could be looking ahead knowing that the final six games you know, could dictate whether they get into the postseason. So you don't want to look past that either. You're coming out of a, a division game. You're going to a team where trap you game, don't right? – Yeah, very big trap game. Yep. And then down the stretch, all good games. Home Chargers on uh, December 4th at Rams – that's Thursday night football. Then Sunday night football, the the next week, you know, the storyline of uh, Patriots West against original Patriots. Pats at home. Sunday night football, that's week 15, December 18th. Final three games at Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be very good, but they probably won't be terrible. But, you know, good question there. Who the hell is going to be the quarterback for Pittsburgh in week 16? Also, who's going to be the quarterback for the Niners? They play the Niners and the Chiefs back-to-back to close the season. Niners on New Year's Day. At the Al, that'll be raucous. Yeah. And then Chiefs at Allegiance. So they close out with two home games, three out of four at home to close. Three out of four, four out of six. And and, and it's a very favorable like schedule, like schedule if they, you know, obviously stay healthy. And depending on what we see with this new offense, um, well, constructed and and coached offense um, a lot of familiar faces some new you know the offensive line we're going to see a lot of things during OTAs be interesting to see the what they put out there who plays with whom um, but yeah things I mean things are ramping up and as we said earlier it's never really died down from the draft to, to now here um, to where we are with the schedule release in a couple of weeks OTAs and then we'll look up and we got training camp. So this is this is something this is a schedule that they should be excited to go into because it's very favorable on their part whether whether it's how it's lined up and the travel that's involved. I'm guessing with this crew, the five of us who do the show, the wins predictions for the Raiders will range from 8 to 10. I don't think anyone will pick 7 wins. Although you and I might go to eleven, might. I mean, you're 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 having them come out of the gates at seven and two, <laughs> possibly six three seven and two. Okay. Yeah, there's no excuse right. if they if right. they Think if they about if it. they if they unless you know I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to put it into the universe. I'm not even giving an unless. I'm not going to do it. What was the unless? I'm not, what was the unless? What would cause me to put it into the universe? I don't know. Jared Stidham starts four games. Unless there's an unforeseen injury to someone that shouldn't be getting injured, okay. uh, all right. I, you know, I mean, they I mean, just that, the, every they just, every season hinges on unless they the unless of the big they guys, encounter the a Golden Knights like season. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, 
They just they just don't want any unforeseen things. Last year it was unforeseen things off the field. They don't need any unforeseen okay. things on the field. Now I got it. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. And as I'm tracking it, I might be incorrect on this. Don't hold me to it. I think there's three weekends where right now UNLV is scheduled to play back-to-back okay. with a Raiders game. My guess is that only one of those would survive. Maybe all three get moved. So that could mean Thursday, Friday games for UNLV. Uh, UNLV is scheduled to play on September 17th against North Texas. There's a Raiders game the next day, home Raiders game. October 1st against New Mexico. Game the next day, and then another Saturday game on the uh, 12th of November, and that one for UNLV would be Fresno State. So that might have to be moved, but we'll find out soon enough. You're going to be busy, and not only that, but we could have a UNLV uh, bowl game to that we'll encounter. All right, knock on wood. Be careful. That's the goal. I've already put it out there. That's sure. the goal, no doubt about it. Thanks to Silver Sevens for hosting the show. Thanks to Austin Eckler for popping on today, too. Great guest spots today. We'll see you.